Last year, 5G became the fastest growing mobile generation of all time. And now, as this technology enters the next phase, it's gonna fundamentally shift the landscape for businesses and society. In this new environment, security and privacy are gonna be even more pivotal. Welcome back to the Ericsson News Podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Miko Karikita, Ericsson's Chief Product Security Officer. He's here to talk with me about why 5G is the most secure, resilient, and capable platform for governments and enterprises to capture the full benefits of connectivity in the future. Miko Karikita, thank you very much for joining me on this podcast. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having me. It's, it's my pleasure. So... You know, over the past 18 months, we've talked about this a lot in a lot of different uh, conversations I've had, but the pandemic, it's really, it's really fast-tracked digitalization in pretty much every aspect of our lives. You know, the fact that we're talking over a, over a Teams call right now and that I'm going to go back to my home office and do the edits on this podcast, I think that's a perfect example. But what can you tell us about the, the pace of digitalization you know, has it been even across all sectors uh, of the economy, across all industries? Um, and maybe what can we expect going forward? Yeah, I, I, think, I think that there are no signs that this development would be slowing down in any way. I think it's clear that uh, having these capabilities that are provided by, for example, already the existing mobile networks have really helped us to, you know, work from home like I have been doing the last 18 plus months. Um, but also there there are some differences if you look at the sectors and and or different sizes of uh, enterprises for example so where you know the uh, uh, World Economic Forum is is reporting that 84 percent of employees in white collar industries have been ra rapidly digitizing you know working from home but at the same time the more micro small medium sized enterprises which anyway account for 80 percent of total businesses you know, they have not had the same uh, agility uh, to digitalize and have the same ability to provide this digital means for the employees uh, to work from home or anywhere where you need to be. I think that uh, this uh, development is actually just going to accelerate. And that is also for, for the reason of 5G, for example, since we are now, when 5G is being deployed uh, globally, it actually will start just kind of enabling even the smaller players to jump on board and uh, start getting their business running fully digital. I think that's a necess necessity for uh, these businesses. And I think we're going to see a faster growth in, in this side uh, going forward. And, and because digital infrastructure has really proven itself to be critical national infrastructure, do you think that there is a, a greater role that governments need to play when it comes to stimulating investment into this infrastructure? I think governments obviously have a role to play there. You know, we need to understand that this is now, this is the change that we are going through, do we want it or not? And this digital uh, environment around us and, and where we're living is going to be the reality going forward. So whatever we can do, whatever the governments can do to just make sure that you know regulation supports uh, uh, the uh, uh, all the other aspects of of the uh, infrastructure support uh, companies smaller or bigger uh, societies people really onboarding and starting to benefit from these new services there's really a, a lot to do there and and you know uh, work together to to make it uh, a big success right so 
as part as you know as as sectors are rapidly digitalizing there there are two big issues and this is what really what we're going to talk about today there are two big issues that have really come to the fore security and privacy your ericsson's chief product security officer and and part of your role obviously is to talk to industry peers um, across the the technology ecosystem about exactly these two issues can you tell us a little bit about what some of your peers are 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 saying and you know what are their biggest concerns when it comes to security and privacy yeah absolutely and uh really um i feel that uh, for for the last uh, uh couple of years the security of 5g security of this digital environment is really one of the hottest if not the hottest topic of 2020s this is really uh, in the in the center of everything that that we do so uh, we are engaging uh, left and right north and south with everybody in the industry and around us about these topics i think it depends a little bit on on who you're speaking with and and the focus and and the uh, aspects covered are a little bit different depending on uh, on that fact with operators for example we continue to discuss you know how our technology fits their security operations model because these companies, they are, you know, the masters of operating secure, resilient, reliable networks. And we need to make sure that we are in understanding when we provide products and technologies, uh, network software, equipment, hardware into them, that this fulfills their expectations regarding, you know, for example, continuous security operation and management, support robust vulnerability management and provide visibility to the live security posture of the network itself. So this is a continuous dialogue and, and especially now as the technology is taking huge leaps forward, you know, from moving from monolithic server based uh, uh, systems to virtual and cloud native. So when the deployment scenario changes, so does the threat scenario, the threat models change and also the tools that you need to manage this are changing and then. If we look then again on industries, I feel that uh, when discussing with industries, we need to continue this dialogue about how remarkably different 5G network uh, can be for them in security, reliability, and then hence resilience characteristics, because this is really a kind of a, you know, secure out of box connectivity to all needs. And uh, as I, I guess I touched it already, but then with government stakeholders, you know, we are continuing to discuss about what are the impl implications of the widely deployed 5G and, and what kind of implications does this have to their societies? You know, we are getting to this realization point that 5G is going to be the platform where everything and everyone will be connecting on. And that, of course, means that it will have a critical role for the societies going forward. So government stakeholders, regulators, uh, they need to understand how is this technology specifically working and how to regulate it so to as you said in the beginning to stimulate business and growth of the society uh, rather than be scared of uh, unnecessary uh, risks and uh, of course you know knowing about 5g security the fi we can be happy about it actually just 5g improving things going forward but i think that these are the the different type of discussions that we have actually Right, right. And, and you talked about 5G being this platform that everything and everyone is is going to be able to to get connected. You know, we just in, a few weeks ago issued our latest mobility report that says that 5G is the fastest growing mobile technology in history. Um, can you can you start to talk a bit about what the biggest differences 
with 5G are when it comes to specifically security and privacy? And how does it, you know, address some of these challenges that, that you just talked about that are, you know, that are really at the fore right now? Absolutely. And how much do we have time? <laughs> because I think this is the area where I'm so happy to talk about because it's, it's really this technology that makes, you know, my my part and my job as a security expert uh, in the industry to really help or really easy because this is actually this is the part where the 5G comes to the to play. So if we start with, for example, just some of the capabilities that 5G technologies provide us, we have things like ultra reliable low latency communication. We have time sensitive networking, and you know we have the model of network slicing where we can actually have tailor made performance uh, delivered to you know whatever the enterprise uh, needs are, and this can be done and as a service, you know, on one single resilient infrastructure way. So just the technology is designed so that it supports different needs and tailor makes it so that you have your whatever privacy and security uh, characteristics you need for your special use case. And then if we spend some time on that slicing, which I think is really remarkable, is that, you know, we already today see, uh, you know, a lot of uh, examples, early momentum on network slicing use cases. We have different uh, things from business and mission critical uh, systems, but then also public safety, of course, and things like factory automation. And yeah, naturally, one of the examples when we're talking about mobile networking is also automotive industry and logistics, mm -hmm. you know, things that are moving. That's where you want to have wireless global connectivity. Um, and uh, and then if, if we really look at what this uh, slicing requires and what it provides also, it's really the security, uh, including things like, you know, traffic isolation. So we don't want to have, if you have your super secret uh, critical uh, slice, you don't want that traffic getting in the hands of uh, someone else or or in any anyone else's slice and you you want it to be protected and this is what the technology is providing you privacy of course you know you can't forget that but then you know looking at mobile technology overall from you know beginning of times five nines is a thing for us you know we trust that these networks need to be available the services need to be available for 99.999 percent of time so this is really rare actually if you look around and think about what do you do on your daily life and how do you work and how do you, you know, socialize, uh, having that kind of availability on a service is not given and mobile networks are providing this. Uh, if then, like, and I said, this is going to take some time because there's such a huge amount of good security and privacy additions in, in 5G, we could talk whole day about them. Mm. If we look how the 5G itself, the, the current generation of mobile networking technology is standardized. In 3GPP, the standardization for where, where we uh, decide about a lot of this interoperability, but also the security protocols and algorithms and the, the overall uh, architecture, how the network should work together. You know, look at there. Uh, already the first versions of uh, 5G standards included uh, improved subscriber uh, privacy, enhanced uh, authentication, you know, really. Uh, removing some of those legacy risks, what we have had with legacy technologies uh, uh, about uh, fraud scenarios or eavesdropping, uh, like in in the very early days, uh, these are now already security by design 
decided in the standards that this is how the new network is going to work and it's not going to provide that kind of exposure. And then obviously when standards are one thing, and I think that we can discuss more about uh, certain aspects of the, the service-based architecture later on, but I think that one thing that also then needs to be remembered is that standards alone don't do the trick. You know, that's why in Ericsson we talk about trust stack. This is really where the, the mobile uh, networking standards are the starting point. Then comes, you know, my part as a CPSO in Ericsson, you know, together working with all the experts in the company, making sure that we have security and privacy by design in our product development processes. And then going forward comes, you know, deployment together with the operator, architecture, configuration, how is the, the equipment, the software deployed so that it's secure when it's actually deployed into where it's going to be live. And then most importantly, going to the operations, these operators are going to manage and administrate the network, expand and, you know, change configuration, add new functionality, new features, new services to all of us uh, end users here. Um, and that needs to be done in a secure manner also. So you have these four layers from standards, product development, deployment and operations. And only if these all four layers, you know, work together and work uh, uh, resiliently and securely, uh, you in the end have a real you know end user experience being secure and privacy respecting so i mean there are so many things about 5g security we could talk but these are some examples at least right uh, and i mean these are these are important advantages and benefits that 5g infrastructure provides either mm. through standardization or or through design um but i think it's probably important to note that 5G rollout uh, has not been even across the world. If we mm -hmm. if we look at Europe specifically, you know, 5G has lagged behind places like Northeast Asia and and North America. Does that put this this region um, at a disadvantage when it comes to security and privacy? I, I would say that uh, like 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 we like we, like we talked about, 5G is uh, the the most secure uh, mobile networking technology yet. So. The faster you can onboard on 5G, the better you are, not only in performance characteristics, but also in reliability, security, privacy, and, you know, all these important critical aspects that we've been discussing about. So I would definitely encourage anyone and I even uh, uh, end users like myself, you know, take 5G into use and, and opt for 5G when you have it available around you. So definitely we need to get rolling out 5G faster so that we can get on top of this secure, you know, platform for innovation. Mm. If we if we shift gears for a moment and start to talk a little bit about enterprises, um, one one position that we've taken at Ericsson is that we believe firmly 5G is really the only platform that can adequately connect private enterprises to kind of this future global innovation ecosystem. Um, what do we what do we base that claim on? And do you have some concrete examples of enterprises that already today, whether it be 4G or 5G, are using this infrastructure to, to start to transform how they do their business? Yeah, absolutely. We are continuously working with the front runners, you know, uh, companies like uh, Atlas, Copco, ABB, uh, take example, Mercedes-Benz Factory 56. They are already live examples how uh, this technology, mobile networking, 5G technologies is used in those very demanding and very critical processes where there's uh, very low, uh, slim margin for error, I would say. Uh, and and uh, 
then I, you know, I also have a security background before the, before this position, and I would say that what is a better example of uh, showing how the 5G technology can can really provide even in the most demanding use cases than uh, take uh, public safety mission critical use cases. Uh, and you know, I'm so happy to see that we are working together with uh, uh, companies like uh, Erilis Vergot in Finland, uh, the public safety network operator, as well as FirstNet in US. And uh, just you know, looking at these uh, uh, these examples, that means that people, organizations who are very security minded, they they are not only security minded; they are based on security. The whole the whole operation is based on security, safety, privacy. And you know protection of people and protection of information. Um, so these companies are now onboarding themselves on the cellular mobile technology like 4G and 5G, and that means that you know where, where protection and security is most important, these people are also seeing this technology as applicable for their use cases. And this means that they're you know having use cases like. Uh, 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 drones with head-up view and you know augmented reality and and with heat sensors and and really these advanced use cases. You know previously it used to be enough that you connected your first responders or your 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 uh, rescue personnel or police. You connected them so that they could collaborate. And this was maybe voice and uh, uh, well voice only, I guess. But now there are needs for you know connected ambulances to seamlessly uh, share patient information or three D building layouts shown in your AR headset. So that when you go into to the smoke, you actually have a real life you know view about uh, uh, how the building is, where the doors are, where where you may potentially have uh, people uh, in 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 uh, in uh, a bad situation. Uh, so so I think that. Having those kind of really demanding, like you just think about it for a moment, like network performance demanding use cases where you have a lot of video with high resolution, high bandwidth requirements, but also at the same time, uh, uh, the need for complete ultimate security and privacy. And, you know, not to forget about reliability, availability, the network needs to be running at any time, all the time. Uh, so these players choosing 5G uh, is really an example to me, at least, that you know what is that this technology can't do. Uh, these are these are some of the most demanding use cases that we're talking about here. So I I, I would say that those claims that we made, we, we have some examples backing that up. Absolutely, and you know I think these mission critical examples are really important when it when it comes to availability uh, and resilience. You know, it's not an option for a network to be down when we're talking about first responders. Um, and, and specifically these two things, availability, resilience, have really been hallmarks of telecom networks. You know, you can always make a phone call. Telecom networks are, are rarely down. It, it happens, but they are rarely down. Um, how important is telecom grade availability, um, things like 5.9 availability, uh, how important is it gonna be for enterprises going forward in the future? I, I think I think that uh, we, we know it how critical it is for industries, for example, enterprises. Uh, they can't be out of business. They can't be out of connectivity to their customers 
we are having as a service business models deployed uh, uh, left and right. We we can't have a chance that your business is dependent on something that can or cannot work. You know, at any given day that you may have an outage or you you don't. So that's why telecommunication technology be having that, like you said, having that also heritage of being always on and always up really brings the value. You know, you can depend on this connectivity, and uh, and I, I think that what is really what we have achieved as as an industry, as, as an as an area uh, of industry, is really uh, extraordinary. In the consumer space, we have managed to cover all of the earth basically with this robust connectivity. And if we kind of put that little bit in a context, you know, it 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 usually costs you something like a cinema ticket or a meal eat out each month to actually have that kind of connectivity. And it's standard space. It's based on the the background in re regulated background, you know, having that expectation of always on. And now this technology is suddenly also available and useful because of the performance characteristics to the enterprises. So, so this is really bringing this five nines person, you know, high availability connectivity uh, and and the seamless interoperability uh, to to the enterprises. So. Uh, I think that we don't even yet, we are not able to imagine all the use cases where this kind of connectivity can be uh, used for, for the benefit of, of, of the society and business. Uh, I think that's clear. I, I, my imagination is not enough for that, at least. Yeah, but of, of course, one of, one of the impacts of enterprise digitalization um, is, well, it's got a broad range of impacts, but one of the areas is that they're, the security environment um, it's it has changed or it's going to change quite quite dramatically and i'm i'm just wondering can you talk about what some of the new security challenges that that enterprises are going to face in this new connected reality and then you know how do models that have existed for a while like zero trust uh, security models how do they address this new reality yeah i i think that that is a very topical uh, thing to talk about zero trust, for example, and, and just to start with, uh, you know, uh, traditionally, like uh, now, now we can say already a long time ago, we we had a model that you had to really firewall your company and you have to have perimeter protection and then you could have had something running inside that, but you trust that the perimeter is holding and, and no one who don't have any business inside your perimeter will get inside. But we know it now already because of the really complex nature of the digital uh, uh, environment around us that, you know, we can't draw that kind of uh, hard lines that behind this border you have trust, behind that the other side of the wall you don't have trust. That's really difficult to do. And that's why the concepts like zero trust have really emerged. And this, this is kind of making the, the whole, whole difference in, in, in security uh, paradigm, meaning that it is really a, an identity-based uh, system where you actually just uh, dedicate, uh, you don't assume any trust on any of the network assets by default. So you don't have trust into the, any of the assets. But what you have is that you have strong identities with all of them. You know, if you try to access some information source or some service, you know, there's going to be authentication between you two, both yourself as a trusted user uh, or a user that need to be trusted. And then the uh, 
the the server in the other end or the service in the other end and this this is the whole model it's kind of you know a defense in depth and least privileged um, uh, principles what we have had in security for for tens of years it's kind of taking to the next level really making sure that absolutely nothing in inside the the network or the operation is trusted by default uh, so it, it really resolves this this uh, issue or that we used to have where when something went wrong and your network design failed for you know because that happens in the end uh, then you had an actor threat actor inside your network and then very little control over what happens next so this whole zero trust architecture is really uh, uh, facilitating change from that and I'm happy to say of course that looking at how 5g is dealing with this you know I mentioned that service-based architecture in the beginning of our discussion here uh, and that's exactly actually deploying the principles of zero trust in mobile network technology it means that the the network functions that are now to be cloud native and virtual they actually do not assume trust into their surrounding network functions they actually will have mutual authentication between each and every network function so it means that they will only operate then on established trust relations inside the network even which means in in you know layman terms it means that even if you a threat actor get, got in to the operator network environment they couldn't do too much because they wouldn't be able to establish these trusted relations between the the next step inside the the network you know right right uh, trust is it, it's this is a really interesting topic and i think it's something we could probably dedicate an entire podcast to um but i'm you know obviously it's 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 going to be something that we're going to keep having to assess and how do we establish trust uh, in in new digital realities going forward in the future but from your perspective how do you see 5g systems evolving uh, in the coming years to be able to manage this kind of changing trust and security landscape um, as we get an increasingly diverse range of of use cases uh, and devices I, I think that the clear change what we we're gonna see there are a few technological uh, aspects that we will see develop uh, uh, some of them I, I, could, I could maybe mention uh, you know secure identities and protocols uh, we are now now if you think about it that you know the 5g network is very very secure uh, by default you're gonna just enabling your 5g connected device putting it on you already have a secure connection to whatever the service you need but then at the same time we understand that not all devices are made as secure as mobile phones so not all the devices uh, share this heritage of having secure hardware-based identities like sim cards and hardware security modules uh, 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 trust, uh, trusted platform modules in, in, in the phones, for example. So we're going to see that these trust um, uh, confidential computing, but also the trusted identity technologies are going to evolve to just make sure that different kinds of less and more demanding devices and, and, and services can connect securely to the network and that the network can trust those devices. Um, mentioned confidential computing absolutely think about the scenarios where we have uh, you know our data is being uh, processed in in multiple places uh, the cloud native virtual instances make it make it uh, uh, possible that the the network can you know dimension itself and and then you know uh, minimize itself if needed and it can deploy 
a function uh, closer to you as an end user or more centrally in a data center, for example. And all the time, you need to be able to trust that your data will be protected wherever it is being, you know, executed or looked at uh, by the, you know, the network. So things like confidential computing, really enabling that, you know, fully secure uh, uh, examining of, of the data uh, in any part of the network is going to be important. And then, you know, if we have these technologies in place across the network, but then we, <laughs> we are human. We want some assurance. We want to also, it's not like, you know, you just blindly trust something and then think that it works. We, we want assurance. So, so things like security assurance, and now in this context, meaning how can we um, uh, uh, measure uh, a device or system connecting with our system? How can we assure that it, if we trust it now, that it keeps uh, being secure and protecting our stuff? in future also. So what kind of protocols and what kind of systems can we create so that we can assure that the evolving posture, security posture of the system is actually for our benefit. I think that those are some of these um, areas where we will most definitely see uh, e uh, evolution. And of course, standardization uh, playing an important role there because we don't want to have a uh, every corner of the world have their own solution for these issues. We we want to we see how the mobile networks have succeeded, and and we want to continue on that same path. So, uh, before we wrap up, one one of the reoccurring things that that I I think I'm hearing as we're having our conversation today is that this this digital infrastructure, this resilient 5G infrastructure, it's it's really going to be a foundation. It's going to be pivotal um, for enterprises and society in an increasingly diverse and sometimes maybe even complex uh, future. Um, if, if you were to summarize, what do you think are really the critical success factors going forward that are going to be the foundation of this new future digital ecosystem? Yeah, I, I think uh, one of our, you know, um, uh, Ericsson in, internal uh, focus areas in our building our culture is also collaboration and cooperation. And I think that here it connects to the bigger picture very well, because we need to be able to across the industries, the tech ecosystem, governments and whoever the player collaborate openly and holistically. And I think that here my uh, short description of the trust stack, it actually fits very well because there we are talk about the standardization where all the not only us from the industry, from the, the tech, technology players, the operators, but also public sector come together and design and discuss how will the future secure, reliable, resilient network look like. And with the good standards, we the technology creators, we create the technology, uh, the network technology in our uh, security and privacy by design, the development and delivery processes. And then operators, the companies who, who are masters in operating that, take it, deploy it, configure, make the architecture working for the needs and being secure, but also keep operating, maintaining it going, to fo going forward. And I think that here, collaboration and cooperation is key because us learning from the operators, what are today's challenges in operating the system? What kind of threat issue, uh, threat actors or threat vectors do you have in, 
um, around you, what kind of risk and concerns you have, us providing again more information about this is what the technology can do, this is what can help you. You know, we made this uh, smart thing that can help you operate automatically, orchestrate your stuff in security also. So having that continuous dialogue and then as well, talking with governments and saying that, you know, this is what the industry is doing. This is what 5G will uh, give you in security and privacy and, and all the other aspects. And then governments, you also, this is now you need to understand the technology and then decide on how you enable this technology to benefit your society. And what are the ways that you, you uh, we can go forward there? I think this is going to be cooperation and collaboration once again. Our cultural journey, not only inside Ericsson, but globally. Miko Karikita, I want to just say thank you again for taking the time to talk to me on this podcast. This has been a, a super interesting conversation. Thank you. I had a lot of fun. I hope you did too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you.